Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Thursday already. You might be thinking, where did the time go? Mm. Where did my podcast go? Yeah. I need more podcasts. Why is there only one Weekly Planet podcast every week? Yeah. Because we're old and tired, that's why. That's right. But it, no, have no fear, there's another podcast is here. Shouldn't run up your butthole. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Just Make the Thing. And you might be thinking, but James, isn't that the podcast that your wife does with her friend Chanel? Yes. So basically, it's, it's, the idea is that uh, Chanel or Claire interview somebody who does a wonderful creative project. It might be a comedian or uh, some person in the arts or somebody who's built, built a business or a passion of theirs. Mm-hmm. And then other weeks, they also just kind of chat about a particular topic. It might be uh, getting out of a creative rut or how to get something off the ground, how to, how to maneuver the, the world of business. How to, just, how to just get through your working day, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just, but, but that's, you know, it's the stuff that makes up life. I know I would have liked this before I started doing this podcast because when I was a nine to five man, and when I was before that, I did my business degree. I feel like I needed something like this to kind of push me towards doing something that I didn't hate. And look mm-hmm. at me now, Mason, int- introing a podcast that my wife made. That's the dream. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. So, Jess Perkins. Hello. 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 Thank you for coming on Just Make the Thing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Oh, goodness. Okay, no pressure. Yeah. It's going to be good. I never appear on anyone else's podcasts. So, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is a huge honor for you. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. I know. I've been like preparing the house like the queen is coming. (laughs) We haven't just like thrown her little cushions on the floor for our soundproofing (laughs) and our dog hasn't attacked you. Yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's amazing. The service. Yeah, <laughs> and if you can hear something in the background, that is the podcast dog trying to get in to bully Jess. But hopefully, James will take her soon, and it'll all be fine. Um, so, so I wanted to start. I've been wanting to talk to you for ages, actually, mm. because you do lots of cool stuff, lots mm. of creative stuff. Because it shows all about how to start a thing and keep on making it. So I wanted to ask you first when you realized you were funny. Oh wow. Um, I think, uh, I think as a kid, I was aware that was something that was, that was in me. And I only realized recently that my parents, particularly my mum, really, um, 
like praised that or put an emphasis on that. I remember in in primary school a couple of times when there'd be events on or something and your parents had to write you a letter, whether it was like we were out in school camp or or coming up to milestones in our lives and they'd get our parents to write us letters. And I remember I've got them and a couple of them mum would sort of write that, you know, you've got this sense of humour that's beyond your years and and you can light up a room, like all those beautiful mum things. Yeah. But it's because they kind of praised that in me that I was like, oh, well, I'm funny. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like that was just something I was. Like I was it's like part of your personality. Yeah, which I think yeah. is a, is a great thing to instill in a kid. Oh, t- I'll be really disappointed, and I'm sorry if my son's listening to this in the future. <laughs> I'll be so disappointed if he's not funny, right? <laughs> Will be. Oh my oh. god, my boyfriend and I were talking about that recently. We we're like, what if we had a kid and they were like a real nerd? <laughs> yeah. Oh, our kid will be a real nerd. Yeah, I reckon, but. But what? But a funny one. Funny one. Have a sense oh, of humour. I don't know. What if they're like a real straight laced accountant type? Yeah. And I knew you hate accountants. I know I do hate <laughs> accountants. But yeah, that would be um that would be the only way my children could disappoint me <laughs> is to not have a sense of humour. Doesn't matter what they do in their career. Yeah, I don't Maybe care. they never have a job. But if they're not funny, yeah, get out of the Perkins household. I can't judge their career choices. Like, <laughs> look what I've been doing with my degree. <laughs> like nothing. So if whatever they want to do is fine. But just have a sense of humour. Well, you've got a, a journalism degree. I do, yeah. 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 What made you choose? Why did you laugh? Because <laughs> it's so silly. <laughs> well, you're working on radio now. I know, it's true. That's I, pretty official. I have always joked that I never did anything with my degree, but I kind of I kind of do now. I work for the ABC now. <laughs> yeah, that's a real grown-up job. Yeah, I had to do like um, – I had to do some editorial policies training and I was going through it and I was like, yeah, this is all, I know this, why am I doing this training? And then I was like, oh, you know this because you've done the degree. (laughs) You're using your degree. (laughs) That thing that you've got a lot of headset for, which is like James has a business degree and a teacher degree and uses neither now. When he did business, it was like, make a flyer and hand it around. Very different. Really um, good. Yeah. So, yeah, why journalism? What did you decide that? Well, um, when I finished year 12, this is, oh, this is like a big, um, a big moment in my life. When I did year 12, I did drama and I got a perfect score in my drama solo. Um <gasps> Top, it's like top one percent in the state, so, kind of thing. I know that's why yeah. I did a big. <gasps> yeah, it was so cool. it was a big deal, and it was something that I wanted and worked so hard on. And so then I got. Um, I'll, I promise this is getting to the point. <laughs> <laughs> then I got um, invited to audition for Top Class, which um, is the best. Uh, drama solos in the state they pick a handful of them you audition they pick a handful and you perform at a showcase and um I got that's all I wanted when I got when I was in year 12 all I wanted was to be drama captain to win the performing arts award and to get to do top class and so I was drama captain I'd won the performing arts award and I was like I'm gonna I I really want top class yeah and I fucked the audition (gasps) I didn't, I didn't complete, like the, the performance was fine, but I started too early. I wasn't focused enough and I didn't do my best. Mm. Um, so I didn't get it. And I also didn't get into the performing arts course that I wanted to do because my ATAR, my enter score wasn't high enough because you needed to be like really good at maths and biology to get into performing arts, which made mm, a lot of sense. Necessary. Yeah. Um, so that kind of, it was sort of the first time I'd really, really tried at something and failed and instead of getting back up I stayed down um my dad always says like and it's not something that he's thought of but he always reminds me like fall down seven times get up eight Mm. and it was I stayed down and I I still credit that I'm like yeah I just stayed down I gave up and I didn't try things again 
And so then my backup option was um, I got into creative arts and culture at ACU. <laughs> Which is just an arts degree, but you had to major in something creative. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was a drama and literature major, um, and in my drama classes we would read plays. We wouldn't perform anything. Oh. There was no performance element. Oh. We would just sit and read plays. Oh, yeah, and I was sort of like, this course is going to get me nowhere. Mm. And I wasn't enjoying it, so I stuck it out for a year, and then I looked at a few different things. I actually looked at doing paramedicine. Wow. I wanted to be a paramedic. I looked at a few different things and then I ended up transferring over to Deakin Uni and doing media and communications. Um, so I did all sorts of things like PR and general media and stuff like that and then kind of fell into uh, majoring in journalism. And I had a minor in literature and film studies as well. So mm. it was kind of a fairly rounded education. But, yeah, I ended up with a major in journalism and did work experience at like Channel 10 and, and a newspaper and stuff like that. Mm. But... Um, yeah, I think I even doing those internships, I was like, nah, this isn't quite it's for me. Quite yeah. Did you love the writing element of it? Yeah. Is that why you chose it in the end? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember feeling like, I, I think I finished uni kind of going, I learnt nothing, but I realised much later that what it actually taught me was, um, which is funny because you don't see it a lot in journalism, but I can't jump to conclusions. I actually need to have all sides of information and stories to to make up my mind wow. and I only noticed that years later when like I, I told mum about a story I'd read in the newspaper and she was just like oh what a monster he should be in prison and I was like well hang on you've only heard one tiny part of it and you've jumped to a conclusion and that's when I was like oh my degree taught me something <laughs> so that's kind of nice that's a huge thing especially now mm. in the climate we're living in to be able to have that yeah to know that there's two sides to everything there's multiple sides, yeah. Mm. There's at least two. At least upside and downside as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can look at it from so many different So many and, – and intention and context and so many different mm. things. Perception can mm. can make it so different from so many different angles. It's really interesting. Oh, completely. And the way that you were raised shapes your world yeah. and your world experience. Yeah, oh, 100% agree with that. So what changed? You went – you did your journalism degree mm. and you were down. You said you yeah. were like, nah. Performing arts, but what made you go, okay, got to do something? I think it was, I don't even remember how it came about, but I I knew that there was a, or I found out there was a training course at SIN, Student Youth Network Radio, and my friend and I decided to go along to that. It was like one night a week for, you know, a period of time, whatever it was, and um uh, we went and did that and then from there you could sort of have your own show. So we were doing like this late night show and, and we were doing the graveyard shifts and just sort of having a go at it. And I realised that I really liked radio and I did more and more at Sin and there was one show that was called In Joke and it was just after a, a big breakup for me. Like um, I was 24 and it was like a six-year relationship Aww. ended and I saw this thing on the Sin Facebook page that was like, we're looking for hosts for in-joke, you know, a- mm. apply if you want to um, give it a go. And I sort of went, oh, I'd kind of like to do that. And my usual default would be to go, oh, I kind of want to do that and check with him. Not check with him for permission, but be like, what, what do you, you reckon? Like- yeah, yeah. And yeah. wait for that validation. Yeah. But now I only had myself to back me. Mm. So I went, oh, yeah, I'll give it a go. And that turned out, I think I did that for six months or close to a year or something. Um, And we would just go see comedy shows and um, interview comedians. And it got me back into that world of comedy that I had loved as a teenager. Um, Like I introduced my parents to the comedy festival who've lived in Melbourne. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When they're pretty much their whole lives. Well, and they just had never... Never really seen much or yeah. done much. But this teenager was like, I've got to go see all these shows and I need a guardian. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what they did, which was great. Um, so, yeah, it kind of got me back into comedy. And then I just signed up for Raw and I was like, I'm going to give this a go. That is ballsy. It's that stupid. Is a big di- yeah. <laughs> it's a big difference though from being like, I'm doing community radio, mm. like where you don't see the audience to going, I'm going to get up in front of hundreds of people yep. and try and make them laugh. Yeah. What was that first gig like? Amazing. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. Oh, and because yeah. I was a drama nerd at school yeah. and was always, always lent more towards the comedy for sure. Like all my my solo and everything was always comedic. Um, so I knew that I loved being on a stage and I knew I could make people laugh. Mm. Um, but it was a different different type. Like, you know, we'd done sketches and stuff like that at school, characters. Now I was just telling stories as me. Um, but I think Raw is a perfect place for someone to start because you've got a pretty big audience and they're really eager mm. and they're really up for it and they're very supportive. 
So we went, uh, my parents were there, a few friends were there. And I think that was good too, that I told people I was doing it because then it meant I had to. Yeah. Because the day before I was like, I don't, you know what, maybe I won't, maybe I just <laughs> won't do it. Maybe I just won't turn up. Yeah. I just won't do it. Yeah. And I had to because other people were coming. Um, and it was a great gig. I went on like third and did really well and got through to the next round and it just kind of went from there. So yeah. the second the second gig must have been like a um, – a, a, a preliminary final or something like that um, or a next heat, whatever it was. And then after that I got a message on Facebook from Pete Jones who's a comedy um, yeah. comedy person, <laughs> he's <Yeah>. a comedian, <laughs> and um, he just asked me to come down and, and do a gig at a room he was running and that's sort of how I started to meet other comedians. And then it just made it less daunting mm. because the thing that scared me so much about stand-up was um, – like I didn't, I didn't know the logistics. Like if you're going to go and sign up for a room, where do you sign up? Who do you talk to? Where do you stand? Little things yeah, like that, yeah. stupid little details. Um, but then I started to meet people and that made it a lot less scary. Wow. And, and so you sort of felt like you'd found your thing? Yeah, definitely. I yeah. felt like I found my people or a place that I belonged. Because, yeah. I mean, we all – I had a pretty good time at high school. I wasn't – like. I wasn't like drama captain. Mm. Yeah, everybody loved Jess Perkins. Oh yeah, everybody loves the drama captain. Yeah, yeah. No, but I was kind of I was friends with everyone, I guess. But mm. it felt more like um, I did feel like I was a bit different. And then meeting comedy people, I was like, oh, okay, these people don't think I'm weird or like a bit out there. They they're just my people. Yeah, which was cool. So cool. Yeah, it's interesting that it was a breakup that kind of pushed you into mm. doing something again because I often hear that from people that maybe not necessarily break up but it often is it's some kind of cataclysmic mm. life-altering thing that happens to you that pushes you in a new direction um do you have you always had uh, James and I talk about this a little bit like a creative itch like a thing that you have to make stuff and if you're not making stuff you're sort of miserable yeah and I didn't I think I didn't realize I had that Oh. until I started making stuff and now I can't really stop like I can't I, I get overwhelmed if I'm too busy but if I stop for a little while I also just get really anxious and kind of bored I'm yeah. like oh I gotta do something I'm not doing anything I'm not being productive yeah um so yeah but but I still haven't I feel like I haven't quite nailed exactly what it is that I'm good at like I think there's I think there's something more I think there's but I don't know what it is but I'll find it that's exciting. Though. Yeah. Maybe that's actually something that you'll always feel. Probably. Because I spoke to Will Anderson and he said that too, that he had like a hundred things that he wished he hadn't got to yet. And he was like, I probably won't have time to do. Yeah. So maybe when you're a creative person, you always want to have that. Like, what's the next thing? Yeah, I think I'll so. Get there. What's the next thing I could do? What's yep. the next thing? It's almost like it's never enough or it's, you always yeah. want something more. I think that's definitely true. Because you'll sort of you'll tick something off a list, or you'll achieve something you wanted to, and then it's like okay, but you you, you can't be happy with that for very long. Yeah. So it's like, what's next? Yeah. How do you feel when you come off the stage immediately after a gig? Yeah, good, really good. Well, if the gig's gone well, if it's gone badly, it's like, well, <laughs> where's the nearest bridge? Um, <laughs> how do you go with that if you? Because I know you said you've had that failure early on, and that really put you down mm. how do you cope with it now when it doesn't go well like that I think you learn pretty quickly especially with something like stand-up that there are going to be rough gigs and it's not always in your control 
Um, sometimes you can turn a gig around, sometimes you absolutely can't. But you see really good acts have rough gigs sometimes and you're like, it's just the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. And it, one bad gig doesn't define you, just like one good gig doesn't define you. Yeah. Um, so, And I think it also, it, when, it, when it's early, because I had early success, like I was doing really well with raw comedy and stuff like that, that I ended up going to the, I got through the national final. Wow. And the national final was my seventh ever gig. Oh, my God. Like I was really green. But other people didn't know how new I was. So I always felt like early on I felt like I had to be really good every gig because they expected more of me. Um, but I think it comes down to like you don't judge one – you don't judge a comedian based on one performance you see of theirs because I've seen people like the first time I saw them they bombed and then I've had it in my head that that person sucks. Yeah. Then you might see them again later and they're absolutely destroying and you're like, oh, no, I was wrong. I saw them on an off night. And so now I'm a bit more confident in the fact that people in the comedy community know me and know that I'm a capable comedian. Yeah. So if I have a bad gig, it was a bad gig. I'm not a bad comedian. Yeah. So I think that that helps with rough gigs now because you go, I'm not a bad comedian. That was a bad gig. And that's it. That's like life advice. Yeah. In general, hey, like your mistakes don't define who you are. Yeah. They're just things that happen. Things that happen. And same with good things. They don't necessarily define who you are. Yeah. Well, I guess they, hopefully they do more so than the bad things. But, like, yeah, you, you, you can't do one good deed and be like, well, <laughs> I'm a good person now. Like it's, yeah. yeah. Wear a medal around your neck and just be like, oh, I'm excellent, everybody. <laughs> Did the me. dishes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wanting, winning at life. Yeah. Wanting, winning. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I, I often struggled with that too, I think. And doing this podcast has been really good in that way that you start to learn that – there's always another thing mm. and there's always something else to try or something else to experiment with. Yeah. And if you just give up at the very first hurdle, you're never going to make anything. Yeah. You know. You're just going to – yeah, you, you're denying yourself all these amazing opportunities. Yeah. 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 And to really be good at something, you have to keep building on it. Absolutely. Like lots of little steps. Yeah. Yeah. And you often don't quite realise that you've become good at something. Like somebody was asking me recently um, – uh, my friend Naomi, she was going to be doing a like a demo with a radio station and she asked for some tips about you know, radio and I kind of thought like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. But then I gave her all this advice and I was like, oh, maybe I do kind of have an idea of what I'm doing with something I've been doing for about five years. Yeah, <laughs> so- like, yeah you, probably, you probably have some idea and I'm still yeah. learning. There's still heaps that I, I can learn from it, but like I do know something. <laughs> Yeah, after five years, yeah. you know a lot. And you kind of know what you're doing in a way. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So I think it sneaks up on you and then you're like, oh, shit, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, which is I'm nice. great. Mm. It's really nice, yeah. And then I think life also can teach you, once you get to that moment, then you realise, actually, no, I don't know yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a continual learning process. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about Do Go On. How oh. did that eventuate? My my favourite thing. Um, it, uh, the boys have told me that um, they recorded a couple of episodes. Um, I think it was originally Dave's idea is what mm, I heard. That's was, what Dave was saying yeah. on the show. We interviewed him Dave's idea and he did it with Matt because Matt also had sort of a bit of a trivia background and they just sort of found that it was a bit hard with two voices because you sort of got one person doing the report and one other person going, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's really hard to riff. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And I remember being at a gig in Footscray and Matt was on and we were just sort of chatting afterwards and he was just very casually leaning against a table and he just said, oh, like Dave and I have been doing this podcast and um, wondered if you'd wanted to to come in and join us for it. And I was like, yeah, okay, I guess. I didn't really know much about podcasts. I just liked both of those guys because I'd met them through the community radio I'd been doing and they both came on my web series. And um, oh, Which is great, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I guess that was, that was me just wanting to make something. It was just a passion project. I was like, I just want to make something. This is an idea I've had. And one of my friends was just like, then we're doing it. We're making it. And we did. Oh. And it was really cool. Um, but it also meant I got to... Hey, it's the, end of the, it's the end of this for now, but you can actually check out Just Make the Thing. It's linked below. You can also find it at planetbroadcasting.com, iTunes, Spotify, other places that you love podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's other episodes. There's many. There's many n- episodes. I was going to say there's none. No, there's many. <laughs> there's there's, there's many quite a few, yeah. yeah. Claire talks and Chanel talk to me. Super interesting people. That's right. Some... And also you. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Oh, 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 I've done it. Come on, mate. And that's all I have to say. Is that all you have to say? Uh, uh, Look, um, see you in hell. Yeah. All of you. See you all in hell. See you all in hell.